Article 11. Observations from Visiting the Church of Israel by Richard Hawthorne. The inspiration for this article came after this writer's visit to the Church of Israel. The difference between this congregation's attitude and behavior and a typical Babylonian group of people's attitude and behavior was so stark that it seemed proper to elaborate upon this difference and to share these findings with as many sympathetic eyes and ears as possible. Several prerequisites must be identified before the aforementioned task can be accomplished. First, the obvious must be stated. A fish does not know it's in water. This idea is along the same vein as the question, what is normal? So for many of these observations, it's up to the reader to decide whether the world is so lacking in this or that cat characteristic, or if it's that the Church of Israel rather has this trait in great abundance, or if the truth is somewhere in between. Second, it must be said that this is as subjective of an article as can be written. Qualitative, not quantitative, findings are given. The only way to confirm or disprove this writer's discovery is to investigate this matter yourself, with your own physical senses. Though, with that statement, this article's call to action is yet divulged. Third, in a spirit of rejection of vain flattery, it is this writer's intent to identify only neutral and objectively and provably true characteristics to report upon, lest the reader view this writing as merely that of a sycophant's. Optimism. There were many characteristics where a vast difference was present between the Church of Israel and the world, yet there was one that stuck out in the extreme. The starkest difference between this congregation and everyone else was this congregation's tremendous optimism. Never before had this writer seen such an optimistic group of people. Frankly, the degree of optimism to which this congregation was given towards was simply shocking. How could it be that a congregation whose theology necessitated a belief that the world currently undergoes nearly unprecedented evil be yet so optimistic? Perhaps one could only direct their answer up to the heavens. It was everyone's belief that Adam kind lived in such dark days, yet there was more stock placed in the hope that our race has a better future ahead. On these grounds, then, were placed the expectation that the congregation's flesh would be preserved temporarily and that their spirits would ultimately be brought into eternal communion with the Almighty God. Contrast this with the mindset of the average worldgoer. Pessimism, nihilism, and cynicism pervade such person's mind. They only think to harp on the negative. The worldly boogeymen of climate change, overpopulation, and social inequality possess unrivaled dominion of their brain. Yet, thanks be to the Lord, this infectious malady of a mindset has not spread to the Church of Israel. There, one congregation, young and old, man and woman, rich and poor, all were wholly preoccupied with the sacred tasks which Jehovah God had placed before them. That being exercising dominion of land, growing the church through multiplicity of children, and living in close relationship with their Heavenly Father. Only through an optimistic spirit could these congregants achieve these daunting tasks. The result of this optimism was genuinely amazing, affecting a Babylon-weary soul in like manner as caffeine does to drowsiness. 
an Israelite awakened and rejuvenated. How exhilarating it was to be there, and what a blessing it was to be a part of it all. During church services, the optimism, genuine feeling of excitement and hope, and overall enthusiasm were so abounding in the air that one may have thought it possible to be able to slice it with a knife. As a result of this optimism, this writer left the festival with a much more positive attitude than upon arrival. Yes, events currently transpiring are depressing and ill-boding, but the future is still bright. There is a God, and He sits on His throne, and He is all-powerful, and He is all-loving, and He will spare us in the day of trouble, just as He did our ancestors at Passover. This was the fertile soil on which the crop of optimism could and did sprout its many buds. Attitude towards labor and its resulting fruits. It was observed that the Church of Israel was a very industrious congregation. Most startling was the hearty attitude which the young people possessed towards the subject of manual labor and hard work. Contrary to the work-shy attitude of most young men in the world, the young men at this congregation were all more inclined to do the most dirty and labor-intensive jobs available. Thus, it was not an uncommon thing to hear older teenagers or younger adults discuss the purchasing of vacant land or farmland. They had worked for their wages and had carved themselves out a solid, middle-class existence, even at a very young age, relatively speaking. Amongst the older generations, it was more of the same. Bachelors and master's degrees, with relatively few and far between. Thus, exorbitant wealth was unseen. Most of the congregation is comprised of skilled laborers. Often, these laborers possessed multiple talents over a wide array of fields, including carpentry, plumbing, welding, HVAC, mechanics, electrical, and many other fields. One could have confidence in describing this congregation as handy as it possessed a great wealth of highly practical skills. A strong inclination to work and a thoroughly developed technical skill set combined with a skeptical eye toward the acquisition of debt resulted in a middle-class existence earned by much of the congregation. With this in mind, one may now understand how so many families could afford to have such large numbers of children, not by shuffling money around on a computer or by defrauding of unsuspecting customers through the selling of worthless products, but by the sweat of the brow and the bend of the bicep was an honorable and bountiful existence accomplished. Musical Talent The musical talent was so pronounced at this congregation that a believer would be hard-pressed to not consider that the Lord himself had poured out his blessings upon this church. The brass choir was thunderous, triumphant, and exalting. The vocal choir was jubilant and well choreographed. It was obvious that much practice had gone into the individual singing pieces all masterly performed. A beautiful bell choir elevated the soul of the listener toward heaven. The piano music was thoroughly enjoyable and the experience of entire church communities spanning an entire continent singing to their heart's content was an experience unlike any other witness before. Who could attend such a service and not feel the joyous swelling of the heart? Who could not be moved by the sound of such audible beauty? We were blessed to be a part of it. Our ears were satisfied. Our souls were gratified. Thus, our faith was ratified. Forthrightness sincerity, and thoughtfulness. Shifting to the attitude of the congregation of the Church of Israel, 
one may identify three main traits, forthrightness, sincerity, and thoughtfulness. These traits were readily discernible at the festival, broaching every conversation and generation. What was particularly remarkable about this discovery was that its prevalence included the younger generations, if not to an even greater degree than older ones. Self-absorption, lovelessness, and thoughtlessness are all too common amongst the world's youth. Fortunately, at the Church of Israel, the opposite was present. A yes was a yes, a no was a no, guile and duplicity were unfound. Honesty and genuine fascination were. How refreshing it was to have found a people so passionate about their interests and so sincere in their words. Numerous Youth Finally, the most glaring difference between the Church of Israel congregation and the average mainstream denominational congregation is how young the congregation is. It is a modern-day tragedy that if one were to replace the word church with nursing home on the door mantle of most denominational church buildings, an outsider would take it at face value. It may be mean or harsh to say, but the cold, hard truth of the matter is that most churches today are just plain old. The congregations are comprised nearly entirely of sexagenarians, septuagenarians, and octogenarians. In many cases, these are the caretakers of the church building. Understanding this, no one should then wonder why there are seemingly thousands upon thousands of dilapidated, rotting churches building across our land. Yet, one can still find ecstasy amidst this tragedy. Even in the year 2023, there are still congregations dedicated to growing the church, and not by a non-Adamic evangelism at that. One shining light of an example of this phenomenon is the Church of Israel. What a beautiful sight to see so many under age 30 so passionate about their covenantal faith. Seeing all the babies, all the children, all the teenagers, all the young adults with a positive attitude towards life and an earnest love for their God was a marvel. Some may ask, what is the significance of this? To that, the answer is plainly obvious. The church is growing. The church has a future. Who can fail to recognize this enormous significance? With multiple families of 11, 12 kids and children who seek out to outdo their parents, then if the blessing of Jehovah God continues, the future is bright. The future may be loud with the cries of toddlers, but the future is undeniably bright. And the future is young. And if the future church generations honor the scriptural commands of racial purity, then the future is white. One may now understand the reason for the tremendous feeling of optimism present at the Church of Israel because the Lord is blessing the church. And for that, the recipients of that blessing are indeed joyous. Theology. Numerous youth is downstream from high birth rates and high retention rates. High birth rates and high retention rates are downstream from what? Sound preaching and sound theology. At the Church of Israel, Feast, Unle Feast of Unleavened Bread 2023, the congregants were blessed to be witnesses to inspired preaching. From Florida, Indiana, Wisconsin, Missouri, and other states, the Holy Spirit assembled preachers from all across the land. From Pastor Dan Gaiman's hermeneutically rooted rebuttal of the idea that the image and likeness of God, creation on the sixth day, were non-whites, to 
Ian Diamond's prudent dissection of the good and the bad from the Nicene Council, to Irvin Burke's indicting exhortation toward the discarding of household televisions, to Pastor Reed Benson's sagacious comparing and contrasting of the historical trajectory of ancient Israel and the United States of America. The range of topics covered was broad and expansive. It was a blessing to have heard those sermons in the flesh, and was humbling knowing that Jehovah God had divinely called each present individual individually. There are hundreds of millions of whites still left in the world, and there were about only 400 Israelites in attendance at this festival. Thus, to be present at that church service meant that God had chosen you amongst literally millions of other candidates to be present at the largest Israel Truth celebrating church in the entire world. What an absolute honor, and what a blessing, and what an awesome responsibility that God chose us to be the living witnesses and testifiers to the Israel truth is such an awesome thought that we limited and terrestrially bound humans can't even begin to broach the prospect of the magnitude of that enormous gift. In light of this, one won't wonder why there were some who had driven significant distances to attend, with even one young man trekking the 28-hour drive from Oregon to Missouri solely to hear God's unpolluted word. A further intriguing and positively testifying point to be made regarding the festival's preaching was the fact that not all preachers were in full agreement with the Catechism of the Church of Israel. Yet, for the good of the festival and the good of the church attendees, ego and pride were set aside for a holier and more noble purpose, that being that God would want as many Israel truth believers as possible to set aside their petty doctrinal differences in exchange for the captivating idea that all identity believers pack into one church and embrace one theological system, as opposed to not even having one church and having a hundred different theologies. Surely, this was not an easy task for some, but the joy which the others received for the few being so selfless was exceedingly great, and the festival was all the better off. May God bless those who were able to overcome these thorny stumbling blocks in favor of sacrifice and doing what is good for the faith. These were just a few of the many observations which could have been made. One could also mention the tremendous physical fitness of the congregation, or the face of determination which nearly everyone bore on their countenance, or the sophistication of the congregation, how nearly every detail of separatist living in a hostile environment had both already been thought out and had been executed nearly to perfection. Further, the aesthetic beauty of the entire scene, from the architecture to the landscape to even the people themselves, was splendid and a breath of fresh air from the ugliness which pervades every facet of society. In light of this observatory report, it is this article's prayer that interest and the Church of Israel may be inspired amongst its readership, both in the desire of visiting and partaking in the Church and in the understanding of how it is so successful against great oppression. May the Lord Jehovah God continue to bless the Church of Israel. May the lessons of its success be spread to other Israelite-only churches. And may the Holy Spirit bless all readers of the Watchmen with the knowledge of how they may best support our covenantal faith.